0: Welcome to Managed Carecast, a podcast from the American Journal of Managed Care. My name is Christina Matina, editor of the American Journal of Managed Care. On this episode of Managed Carecast, we're talking with two of the authors of a Trends from the Field article from our September issue. The article, Policies to Address Surprise Billing Can Affect Health Insurance Premiums, describes how the problem of surprise medical billing has a broad financial impact on all commercially insured individuals, not just the patients who receive these bills. Dr. Erin Duffy is a postdoctoral research fellow at the USC Schaefer Center for Health Policy and Economics, and Lauren Adler is Associate Director of the USC Brookings Schaefer Initiative for Health Policy. Can you tell us about the objective of this current study and why you decided to investigate this topic?
1: Well, most of the focus on surprise billing uh, in the media and when policymakers discuss it focuses on the individual patients that are receiving surprise medical bills and the financial burden for those individuals. But surprise medical billing also has an indirect effect on the cost of health care for all enrollees in commercial health plans. And that's because surprise bills are a symptom of a broader market failure where for services that are hospital-based like anesthesiology, radiology, and pathology and emergency services, patients can't shop around for providers. And that also means that those providers, they don't depend on being a part of network contracts to get a sufficient patient volume. So with that, they can stay out of network and they can collect reimbursements from plans and also seek additional out-of-pocket payments from their patients through surprise medical bills. And that's a pretty good outside option for them when they go to the negotiating table with insurers. And that extra leverage at the negotiating table leads to higher contracted rates, and those are the in-network payments that insurance plans agree to pay for the radiology, pathology, and anesthesiology providers that are hospital-based, as well as emergency providers. So for example, several studies have shown that those types of providers tend to be paid in-network around 200% to 350% of what Medicare would allow, and other specialists that don't have the ability to surprise bill they tend to be contracting around 150% of what Medicare would allow. And so there's this extra leverage boost that the specialists who can surprise bill receive because of their, this ability to, to send surprise medical bills. And so we think that addressing surprise medical billing, it, sure, it helps the individual patients that are getting surprise medical bills, but it also has this broader effect on what health plans pay and that can have a substantial effect on what we all pay through our insurance premiums. So this is something that we really wanted to look at, and we had two specific objectives. The first objective was just to quantify what share of health plan spending is going to emergency medicine providers, including the physicians, the emergency medicine, outpatient facilities, and ground ambulances for emergencies, as well as radiologists, pathologists, and anesthesiologists. And then as a second step, we wanted to try to estimate what the effects on premiums could be if there was a federal policy passed to address surprise medical bills. So what were your main findings, and were there any that surprised you? Our main finding was that over 10% of what health plans are spending to pay for health care is going to these providers that can surprise bill. And that's much higher than what our research team thought at the outset of this project. And when we looked at two different policy scenarios, one scenario that is that uh, expected a potential reduction for these providers of 15%, that's in line with what the Congressional Budget Office thinks that uh, a recent Senate Help Committee bill might yield. Um, and then we also looked at a second scenario that would be uh, dropping what these surprise billing specialties can receive to 150% of Medicare, more in line with what other specialists are getting. When we looked at those two scenarios, what we found is that it could result in premium decreases of 1% to 5%. And if that was applied over the whole commercially insured population in the United States, it's a substantial savings. It would be $12 to $38 billion nationally for a year. And we were surprised by the scale of these estimates.
2: And just to, to put a finer point on that also, it kind of goes the other way as well, right? Where um, because these, speciali- these specialties really make up a pretty sizable portion of health plan spending, right? Over 10% of health plan spending is on these services where surprise billing is providing some additional untoward leverage here. Um, because of that, that, that means that we are all paying higher premiums today than we would if this market failure didn't exist. I, I think it's hard to but it's hard to put an exact number on that. But you know, if this surprise billing leverage is netting these types of doctors twenty percent additional, uh, you know, payments that are twenty percent higher than they otherwise would have, would be, that means we're all paying premiums that are one percent higher. And I think just the inverse of the last point that my colleague Aaron made is right. If these doctors were paid more like uh, other specialties today, and we're getting one hundred fifty percent of Medicare then premiums would be roughly 5% lower than they are today. So uh, just sort of, you know, summing up, right, this is not just uh, awful for the people getting the surprise bills themselves, which it is awful, <laughs> uh, but it is also can be pretty damaging to, uh, to everyone paying premiums and the government who is subsidizing a healthy portion of those premiums.
0: Wow, so how can these findings inform the ongoing legislative efforts to address surprise billing?
2: Sure, so uh, we've had a, a bevy of bills uh, come out over the last two years in Congress um, and really uh, I think there uh, has been some momentum towards a, towards sort of a somewhat consensus approach between the Senate Health Committee, the House Energy and Commerce Committee, and the House Education and Labor Committee, and even the House Ways and Means Committee bill. Uh, right? These are all the committees that have jurisdiction over uh, over this issue. All have come to a somewhat similar approach where Um, We're going to be prohibiting balance billing and then saying that we are going to uh, sort of require insurers to pay something like average in network rates uh, when the sort of out of network services occur. Uh, I think our findings really just help put a a strong point on the fact that uh, these policies really can affect overall health plan spending um, and not just the surprise bills themselves. I don't know that this comes as a complete shock given the Congressional, congressional Budget Office has sort of said as much um, in, in some of their scores of uh, when they scored these bills as well. Um, but I, I think our work can help put a little bit more uh, publicly rigor behind some of those estimates and explain why, why this is really affecting premiums. I think some of that is lost. There was a lot of confusion when Congressional Budget Office came out and said this is reducing premiums by 1%. Uh, I, I think when you think about, oh man, this is really 10% of plan spending uh, that's on these specialties, it makes it a little bit more clear why you can have pretty sizable premium effects.
0: Okay. Which surprise billing policy proposals would have the greatest impact on bringing down healthcare costs for consumers?
2: Um, sure. So I think there's a, there's some open debate over exactly what each proposal will do. I certainly have my own opinions, but I, Uh, not sure there's a hundred percent concrete answer to, uh, to this question, but I do think a lot of the proposals out there in front of Congress right now are, um, are pretty strong proposals that should address some of the, the inflationary pressure that the current market failure is having. I think to my perspective, if you wanted to completely eliminate the market failure, really that comes down to, uh, we would actually be simply prohibiting the ability to surprise bill and not coming in and sort of telling insurers you have to pay at least X uh, back, to, back to these types of specialties. Uh, in my view, there really is a, there's an underlying market between the hospital and the emergency physician or the anesthesiologist here. And that, really, that will come up with a market rate. Uh, my, my, my expectation is that that market rate is uh, notably below what we are paying today or what insurers and are paying today for those services. But fundamentally, we don't have a clean answer to that, I think. But some of our other research tries to get at what the effect of state policies have been on these prices, which I think can help give us a better answer. Because right now, actually, the evidence is pretty nascent on really what effects different regulations and laws might have on uh, on the exact sort of uh, how you might affect this plan spending.
0: So you mentioned this a little, but can you talk about any
1: future ideas for further research on surprise medical bills? Over the last three years or so, there's really been a flurry of state activity where different states have passed their own versions of surprise billing legislation that applies to their fully insured health plans. And uh, these policies are fairly new and there's a, a lot of variation across states in what they look like. And I think that's an opportunity for us to learn and potentially consider models from the state level that the federal government could adopt. And so we're hoping to continue on doing some state evaluations and really get a sense of what the impacts uh, of those state policies are on contracted rates, out-of-network payments, uh, network breadth, and different aspects of uh, contracting that could benefit or potentially be less desirable for patients.
2: I think the one other area where us and sort of all of the other research in this area hasn't really been able to pin down an answer to is um, most of the research is using insurance claims data. So we are able to figure out how often a patient might be liable for a potential surprise balance bill. But in that sort of data, we're not able to see when the out-of-network provider actually sends a balance bill to the patient. Um, So we don't know exactly how often that's occurring. And that's really the uh, right, that's the surprise medical bill is when that bill actually gets sent um, that would really require some sort of EHR or some, any sort of provider bill billing data um, That is harder data to get your hands on but uh, I would I, I would love if other researchers are able to figure that out I think that is an interesting question that um, that would be very good
0: to know Great. Well, that's the end of my questions. Was there anything else that you wanted to add?
1: We'd really like to thank our co authors, Vic Lee and Erin Trish, as well as our funder, Arnold Ventures, and our data provider, the Healthcare Cost Institute, and its contributors, United Health Group, Aetna, and Humana. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us.
2: Great. Thanks for having us.
0: Thanks so much. For more about this issue, visit ajmc.com or see the show notes. To get in touch with us, email info at ajmc.com or follow us on Twitter at AJMC journal. And if you like the podcast, don't forget to subscribe and rate us.